0: Are you looking for an insightful conversation on how to increase Philippine product awareness in the U.S. market? You found it. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, at this very moment, we appreciate you taking the time to check out our podcast. Welcome to the Philippine Products Redefined by Planet 63 podcast, hosted by Ferdinand Soriano of Planet 63 and Craig Obligation Wilson. The title of today's episode is... Philippine products in movies, short films, and TV shows? Let's listen.
1: Greetings from Planet 63, everyone. This podcast and all upcoming podcasts will always begin by asking the following question. Well, this question defines really what these podcasts is really gonna be about. And here's the question. What needs to be done to redefine Philippine products to become more successful in the US market and beyond? Now, before we dive into that, I wanna say that there's so much content out there right now and you chose us right at this moment to listen to us. (laughs) I cannot be more than thankful. I am so thankful. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I am your grateful host, Ferdinand, Ferdinand Soriano. Welcome to this episode of Philippine Products Redefined by Planet 63 Podcast. (sighs) Wow, you know, this has been a crazy, crazy week, to say the least. I don't know if you know this, but this podcast is produced in the Southern California area. Let's just say we've seen things. We could just take the whole show and talk about it. You know, so many issues to deal with but just so that we all know this, no one is really alone. We're all dealing with this in different ways, but we're all going through it together. Now let's all focus on productive things, but not overlook what's happening and try to resolve and continue to work towards a better future. Let's all continue to pray and try to move forward with faith that this too shall pass with an outcome that will be about progress and equality. Now let's get back to the question I asked at the beginning. What needs to be done to redefine Philippine products to become successful in the U.S. market and beyond. Okay? Now, to help me answer that question, that really thought-provoking question is, uh, well, let me introduce you to my guest. He is a community leader and a founding board member of the Philam Chamber of Commerce in Hollywood, California. What a great place to be a, a, a board member in Hollywood. Now, he's an independent independent filmmaker and is currently in development for an upcoming TV show called Concepcion, and I'll let him tell you more a little bit about that later. Now, he's an aspiring entrepreneur also who have possibly, just possibly, found an amazing way to promote Philippine products in the U.S. And to give us his perspective, please welcome the man who will help me answer our question or the question on this episode Please welcome Craig Obligation Wilson. And by the way, before he goes on, you know, I'm all about, okay, what does a Craig Obligation look like? So I'm going to tease everyone here and just take like three seconds to go Google Mr. Craig Obligation Wilson. And the reason why I'm doing that is because he has such a great brand in terms of his style that you kind of want to take a look what he's all about too. So I'm going to count to three or five or whatever, if you're you're near a computer and just Google uh, Craig Obligation Wilson. He has a certain look about him, so go ahead and Google him. So it's one, two, three, four, five. All right, now let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Craig. Community leader, filmmaker, entrepreneur. You start, wherever you want to go. Well,
2: um, first off, thank you so much for having me on, sir. I really appreciate you your efforts, your passion, and the work you do. Um, it's something that I feel is greatly needed in this community,
1: in the film community. And so uh, much shout outs to you, sir. I appreciate that, Greg. Thank you so much. I really do. Now let's get right into it because I want to give them a perspective on who you're about and what you're all about. So why don't we start with you know the chamber itself now let, let's kind of set the tone for the fact that uh, being in the chamber kind of gave you a perspective on the philand phila market and obviously you did a lot of good for the organization but to me the way i see it that sort of is relevant to what we're doing here is that you're able to see different types of personality different tastes different ideas about philippine products or any any sort of business ideas so Tell me if you can, in so many words, how did how did how did the chamber help you connect to the community?
2: Well, as I uh, as I began the chamber uh, two years ago, at this point, um, and I, I began to dive deeper into the community. I was involved with a, an organization called Film Creative before that, and that was just focused on you know the creatives, uh, the Filipino American creatives in Los Angeles. And so the Filipino-American Chamber of Commerce of Hollywood, or FACO as we like to call it, uh, is very similar in some ways to Film Creative, but we dealt with the business um, community as well as the creative community. Um, because after all, Hollywood is a show business. Um, business Correct. is a big part of Hollywood in general. And so what I began to learn as I as I dove in I thought the timing was interesting because in America, a lot of the uh, first generation Filipinos that are our leaders, um, you know, they're a generation above myself, are at a point in their lives where they're beginning to retire or um, they're beginning to maybe step down. And so there's a changing of the guard. to uh, Filipinos that were born and raised in America, which is a, you know, it's a a different cultural background and it brings new aspects to business in general. Um, I I think the the Phil-Am seem to be a little bit more, um, I don't know if aggressive is the right word, but- No, yeah, um, Yeah,
1: that's a good word.
2: They're they're, they're aggressive on uh, some other levels that maybe, uh, you know, the first gen, was not and you know much love to the first gen because they set a path for us. They built something that is now time for us to step in and I and I see that a lot of those businesses are becoming much more progressive. Um, not not to say liberal or conservative, but just progressive uh, business wise. They're 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 experimenting. They're doing some new things. Um, there are a lot of, a lot of people are beginning to work together and figure this out. Uh, you know, and I began to get this perspective too, that as I, as I, um, looked around, there were a ton of organizations, business-wise, community-wise, creative-wise, and a ton of businesses whose has this focus of mm, building Filipino culture, uh, to be more, um, I guess mainstream for a lack of a better word in america within american culture in a similar way that korean culture has become that or that um even chinese culture on some level but really more korean because korean dramas korean um you know k-pop korean barbecue all of that is very enriched into the uh into the american culture and so um uh,
0: yeah, it brought me
2: that perspective. And I, I saw a lot of opportunities um, and possibilities to help grow and help work with the community to do whatever I can possibly do and to make some of think. Happen.
1: I, I think that the I what what's resonated in my mind is when you first spoke about um, you know, the first gen and the new you know, next gen. I think you know, from that, that's true. I, I get that, that there's a certain progression. There's a certain level of uh, comfort because obviously the first generation, they're just trying to get used to the culture here and things of that nature. So they still bring a lot of uh, the Filipino culture and tradition here and, and having to mesh or, you know, kind of uh, mix in, so to speak, with, with their new the new, uh, residents or their new um, where they are now. second generation that's not a that that was so hard but what i'm what i'm saying also is that being in the chamber i think that what it probably exposed you to and you were able to learn or gleam off some of that is that as you can see there there were probably because i I was also in the chamber i I saw a lot of um different influences i mean there weren't just filipinos that were in there Uh, i saw different cultures also i mean it could be there were some from china Japan, there was some from India. I mean, sometimes it, they, it was just a mixture, but yes, it was called a, a Philam chamber. I mean, that's not the same one that you and I belong to, but I saw that and then, I, you know, do you agree that obviously having that sort of a mixture kind of gave you an idea what somebody liked about the culture, what they didn't like? I mean, that kind of uh, uh, interaction?
2: Yeah, 100%. Um, there is, you know, it's interesting, because, okay, let me, let me put this perspective. I had this conversation with um, somebody from the Filipino American Orchestra, uh, and we were talking about this, and he said, you know, Craig, the, the difference, I think, between the first gen and the second gen, you know, second and third gen in America is that, yes, the, the first gen that came here that were the original immigrants that have been here for 20, 30, 40 years, They're Phil am they're Filipino Americans, where the Filipinos that were born here are almost American Filipinos. And when I heard that phrase, that said it all to me, it's a, it's obviously it's same. There's still tradition. They were brought up in a Filipino household. You know, there's still a lot of the, the, the similar cultures, the language the food especially, the the passion, the love, the family orientation, all of that is still very important to an American Filipino, but they have more of the um, American traditions also that are oh, that's ingrained what I, in them
1: as they grow up. So, so to me, the way that translates into products, Craig, is that obviously because of the uh, of the influence by the other cultures, certain typical Filipino tradition sort of kind of blended in with certain other cultures. And, and that's why it, it reflects in the way if a Philippine product comes here to the US, it's gonna be seen the same way because you're not technically just trying to focus the products. And I just wanna, I wanna reiterate that with a lot of the Philippine manufacturers that you're not shooting just for the Filipino community or Phil Ams. You're shooting for people who just likes good products. And sure. sometimes what could work in the Philippines may not necessarily work here also. And that's not a, an insult or anything like that, especially the people who design the products and things like that. It's just that tastes do vary. You you, you could have come here a long time ago and all of a sudden, you know, your taste, taste varies because of all the different types of food that's that's here. And not to say that there's not like that in the Philippines, but it's more so prevalent here so that's why i think this whole show is about how do you redefine it to adjust it to the to the u.s consumers in terms of the product and you were able to kind of get perspective on that when you have other cultures being even in the film chamber right yes yeah Absolutely. okay so with, with that being said you know uh, let's move on to the next question that i want to bring up uh, because that, that kind of sets up the second type of point that I wanted to make, or rather ask you. Now, um, let's go let's go back to to your background, like your filmmaking. Tell us a little bit about that, so th- they they know the the creative aspect of Craig Wilson, you know, and and how again you you've utilized your experience with the chamber, and now what are you doing? And we've talked about this before. You've you, you've 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 said things like, well, you know, you talked about you had a vision about Philippine products uh, in films, and you know, tell us a little bit of, you know, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well, okay, um, I am a, uh, you know, as I as I like to tell people, um, I popped out of my mom's womb and I said I want to be a filmmaker. It's something I've always known my entire life. Um, so. You know, I've been going for it and I've been in LA uh, this time around since 2011. Um, and, you know, I got involved in the Filipino-American community, creative community about 2016 and got heavily, uh, deeply involved. And I did a short film, at the time it was called Lolo Pepe, um, that got a, uh, a pretty good reaction amongst the um, the The community. And it kind of grew into its own project. It grew into a TV show, in development TV show called uh, Concepcion. And, um, you know, one thing I saw, like, like, so the way Hollywood works, this is, all this happened before Crazy Rich Asians. So I thought it was gonna be a really huge, huge hill to climb to try to get, A Filipino focused um, TV show into the American consciousness. But then Crazy Rich Asians happened and the gates began to open. Now, uh, with Netflix and other streaming sites, you see all sorts of Asian American, um, you know, Asian American focused content alive and well. Uh, there are there are actors that are playing Filipino characters for almost the first time ever on um, broadcast television, on NBC, on ABC, on you know various shows so, or various networks. So that's a really encouraging sign. And what I realized is that if Filipino culture is going to grow, it since Filipino food exploded in America um I, I think there's an opportunity there for uh products to manufacturers products to come in and maybe do some brand sponsorships um not yeah. only I, I i should say brand integration so um well a product placement well, me... in a tv show or a movie or a web series or something along those lines
1: well, the, the thing that I liked about what you're doing is that you're, you know, so far you've told me your experience as a filmmaker. And right now, uh, a lot of your films are most about the, you know, about the Filipino culture, you know, obviously with the twist, meaning the, the Filipino culture in the United States and all that, and uplifting the community and educating Filipinos in the United States. And I, I love that part. And then again, I'm trying to make sure that they stay in tune, the, the manufacturers that are listening to this or the audience that, that, you know, creates a certain perspective from you and how to possibly integrate the Philippine products in, in the films, right? So um, with that being said, you know, let's let's discuss that because obviously we, we kind of gave them an idea Um, about what you're what you're trying to do and and what I really want you to discuss after after my comment here is now is that you you're also an on you know uh, aspiring entrepreneur right correct okay so what I want the audience to be excited about is that again you're probably gonna do a little bit more expand a little bit on what you feel is how you're going to introduce Philippine products in the US and what your take on is. So uh, I want you to continue what you said and what you've observed in, in, the, in the movie industry so far uh, as an independent filmmaker. So give us your a vision about that.
2: Well, you know, I have this um, very direct vision and I, I've done it on some level already to get Filipino products involved in the the uh, filmmaking world in within Hollywood so what that really means is there's there's a, there's various ways to do it it all depends on the size of the project depends on the needs depends on finances for both sides depends on a little bit of everything but um, you know there's the ability to be able to put products within a film. Um, and have that that product featured within you know a TV show, a movie, a web series, Um, all are very legit ways to go nowadays and sometimes that can equal either a financial partnership or it can be an exchange in product. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially when it comes to food because a lot of like the indie filmmakers you won't you won't believe how expensive food gets really fast to, to feed your crew and your cast. You're looking, you know, $10 a head. Plus you have to provide snacks throughout the day. Um, and you're looking at two to three meals plus snacks and that stuff gets expensive really fast. So if you are, you know, if if you're any manufacturer who has, uh, who has snacks or food or, you know, even a restaurant for that matter, uh, maybe there's, you know, a Goldilocks or like a, a Jollibee or somebody who is in both countries and very large, that type of support for a lot of filmmakers is amazing. I mean, it it, it helped cut costs on both ends and you get some, um, some good exposure. And I really think that one of the number one things that Filipino products need to do is they need that advertising, that marketing, that brand building, um if you have a little bit more you know in the way of finances too i'm sure you can hook up with uh various filipino american actors that you know the 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 um mark dacascos of the world who you know he just played opposite keanu reeves in um john wick three or the reggie lees of the world who is currently on an nbc show um and by the way if you didn't know about reggie he was one of the first people to help bring a filipino storyline onto um network american television we're not talking like one of the smaller cable channels we're talking about nbc nbc universal at that um he was the star of it he helped to to explore it and you know grim that the TV show, like they went that route and told a story, told the story about the Aswang. Um, and that's the first time it had been done. So, you know, Filipino culture is really um, being seen. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there um, to get brand recognition
1: by Hollywood actors. Um, here, 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 here's my thought on that. Let me add on to what you just said that just occurred to me, right? Obviously, if you're a Philippine manufacturer, the first thing that you're always thinking about is how much is this thing gonna cost me, right? And if and if you're if it's a major movie, obviously we're talking you know millions of dollars, whatever, right? So um, my thing is that there's so much content there there right now in terms of either movies or short films or whatever that these are still independent films, and obviously some of them are being bootstrapped. They're, there every, every you know but it's it's a content that's being um produced so to me if i'm a philippine manufacturer and i want to do something different with my product let's just say some sort of calamansi drink or something and i want it then i would pick certain movies that i would want and, and at the same time they're still independent but you almost have to make it like a a, a uh, what do you call it? A, a uh, uh, like picking a stocks or something. Like you're hoping that this particular movie that you want to put your, put your, um, put your uh, for, uh, product in, will do really well. So a lot of people will see it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so to me, if I pick something that maybe cost, I don't know what's, uh, I, I, I don't mean to put you in a sort of a weird, uh, you, you have to give me a, a cost thing. But if I were to make an independent film, a pretty decent one. Well, how much would it be how much would it cost to do that just just off the top of your head just give me a number from from your own experience well if you want to put it in perspective a 1 million
2: dollar feature film is considered ultra low
1: budget okay. um, so I, I I want like I said I, because I'm trying to make a point in terms of if that's the slowest one then that's fine but I'm thinking more like indie film, like totally to the point where I, I know it's going to be an indie film because my point is, is that sometimes you can place a product in a in a certain movie that was done on a on a you know shoestring budget, but it was still a good story. Regardless, what's happening is that if you put that product in there, there it's an it's an evergreen type of sort of. Um, uh exposure to that you could you, you could release that on any platform that particular movie and your product will be there but obviously that has to still be a good story okay don't don't get me wrong i'm just saying but what i'm saying is that the the entry to that movie is not going to be as much as if you were thinking that there's going to be a blockbuster movie and if you want to be placed in that movie because of all these amazing actors or whatever is going to cost you a lot i'm just thinking that if, if a manufacturer wanted to go that route, this is what I'm trying to say. I'm hoping that you're creating an outlet for manufacturers to put their products in there because a lot of times the commercials is is, is not as, you know, it's not cool anymore. So you have to do that, what you're just saying. And that's exactly. all I'm trying to say.
2: Um, um, so uh, so to, to kind of expand upon what I said, like, the, you know, film is... Super expensive. Nobody really realizes how expensive it is. And I'm not saying that a manufacturer needs to come in and put in one million dollars. Um, but if you, you can help, uh, uh, cut those costs down when it comes to making a film, um, you know, you, by just providing product sometimes, uh, or providing finances because, You know, like I know that in like a major blockbuster, just to have a, you know, a Keanu Reeves or somebody like that say the name of your product, it's very expensive. But if you go to some indie films and, and yes, $1 million is considered ultra low budget, but there are very famous films that were made for $20,000, $50,000. It's very difficult to pull off to be quite honest with you, but it's not by any means impossible. And with the the amount of content and the amount of streaming services that exist right now, and um, Netflix just went $1 billion in debt, so they could finance and acquire more
1: projects. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's what I mean about having to, because what it is you're always identifying sometimes, if you've got a product that seems like it just needs to have a certain um, brand to it or a certain theme to it, like I, I don't know, I can't think of anything at the moment. I just see, I just see the opportunity where the small independent films can do a lot for that for that product. And obviously, it's not just about the price, and that's what I was going to ask you in the next one. Is that our last question for this episode is that to to me the opportunity is where you can be a part of a, a small independent film and be a part of a phil film or whatever and, yeah, look, and look. not cost you a lot and not cost you a lot of money and that's one way to to just kind of get it going and to me I've seen that happen where um, they, they got lucky they put it in a uh, independent film because it's all about the perception also when you, when you release it to whether whatever platform it is, your product is there. then it kind of takes its own hopefully it's featured enough that it's kind of like a, it it made, a, it, and it made a lot of impression on the viewers and go, wow, look at that they got there's a, that's a' product from the Philippines or whatever. And that's what I would like. But at the same time, I don't know my next question to you is that you know you're, I know you're, you're, you're currently working with some Filipino brands right now. Uh, Philam brands, and uh, tell us about you know it just can't be any brand too. I mean, the, the brand has to be a quality. You know, give me a little a brief explanation what you consider quality and and people to 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 be able to be put in films that that kind of thing. What's your what's your opinion on that? Um.
2: Well, yeah, quality is everything because the the you know an actor if you want to get like a, a name actor or even somebody who just has a following an online following. Um they're going to want to represent quality also because it is their name on it. So that's definitely um, important, you know, and I, I'm, I've been working with uh, Papo J's uh, Lombano, um, which is a, you know, it's an Lombinog brand um, from the Philippines that is here. And uh, we've gotten them to sponsor some like black tie Hollywood events. And not financially, by the way, they just gave product. Um, yeah. So they're like, there are like big stars and like legit executives, Hollywood executives in the room. Um, I've also gotten them on, you know, a web series that uh, their first couple seasons had thousands or like, I don't know, like 100,000, 50,000 views. Um, nice. and it was also just an exchange for product. There were no finances involved in that.
1: Um, wow. Okay.
2: But if you want to get to the larger you know the the more hollywood blockbuster with like really big name stars in it that's going to cost money and you know you're looking somewhere between 20 and 50 grand probably um but there with that said guys there's also i do know because i'm i'm luckily have been invited and i'm part of that this community, the Phil-Am filmmaking community is starting to organize. Um, We're starting to meet regularly, at least twice a month, um, supporting each other, trying to figure out how to get our word out there about our films, um, past, present, and future. Some of the filmmakers um, are now being signed by some of the top agencies in all of Hollywood. So, uh, you know, it's beginning to happen and now is a good time to go and support um even with mous and like even ABS-CBN. they have a subsidiary that a subsidiary company called cinematographer who opened a movie studio in los angeles in culver city and so before a coronavirus and everything they were like focused on making asian-american projects um and those are other things you can support you
1: know no, no that, that's that's what I'm saying that the, the whole platform is just something that whether it be a medium-sized company, large um, you know large corporation, it's it's another way to do that. And whether they already know that or not or whoever's listening, that's always been a viable. It's just that more so now what I'm excited about from your perspective or where you're coming from to uplift these uh, you know the culture, the products, and uh, movie making the arts is that in, in, the, these ma- the manufacturers could, could choose to feature film or short film, whatever. It, to me, it's being in that content that everybody's always trying to, to uh, take in and uh, being a part of that content, as long as it's a good story, right? So that's my, that's my biggest uh, uh, encouragement or rather my, what I'm excited about for what you're trying to say to our, to our listeners, you know? and in general uh, i want to ask you this question you did mention about papo jays and and i think did you i'm sorry maybe my mind flew a little bit did you mention about the other company that you were i think you said oh, Palawan uh, beer Palawan. uh palawanio beer um, yeah yeah so um, you know
2: i am also i do sales i don't do marketing for palawanio but i do sales and marketing for papo jays to be um, completely clear but with uh palawanio you know they have a brewery in palawan in the philippines and um, they started exporting here and they built a brewery on the east coast um and so for about a year and a half two years they were just on <coughs> the coast distributing and then um a small distribution company uh formed on the west coast and they got the rights to uh distribute and sell um palawanio beer in the uh on the west coast on the West Coast. And, you know, I'm a beer snob, to be completely honest with you. And I loved Palueno beer. So um, I am 100% positive that when it gets out there, um, that quality is going to make it. It's good. Well,
1: well, with that being said, I mean, I'm sure there are going to be people who are in the uh, beverage industry from your observation of these two companies, uh, can you give them a perspective on why do you think what have they done? I'm not asking you for analytics here. I'm not asking you for straight out numbers, just your gut instinct on why do you think they've had the success that they've had, whatever it may be at whatever level. I mean, how did they? What's their what? What is their decision and to and how to market their product here? The the packaging. Do they go social media? did they did they do events how did how did they do all that but obviously at the end of the day um how did the product look i mean maybe you could tell them where to go look for this product and they can see as an example um uh, this particular beverage or beer that's being that's uh, being promoted here in the u.s can you go ahead and tell them that do you know their website that you could tell me or t- tell the manufacturers
2: yeah you know um for palo eno beer um just go look up uh if you google uh, zippy distributors, you'll find the West Coast version. If you just, if you Google Palawan Beer or Palawino Brewery, you'll find it. And then same with Papo J's. Like, both of them are very active on social media and both of them have been very active in events and not just Filipino events. Um, and uh, just so you know, Ferdinand, the um, program will end, the recording will end in less than one minute.
1: Okay, so um, we might want to have a, you know, 30-second uh, outro. Well, with that, be- with that being said, um, since we're, we're going to get cut off at our Zoom recording here, <laughs> yeah. then we'll go ahead and-, and wrap it up for this edition of uh, the Philippine Products Redefined by Planet 63. Now, uh, again, I want to thank Craig Wilson Obligashun for actually being here and giving us his take on how, how it is to, um, to, to market Philippine products. Thank you again, to, uh, uh, Craig. Watch out for our next episode. We'll be introducing Filipino entrepreneurs who has created a business in the United States that promotes a traditional well-loved alcoholic drink, which is Papo Jay's. We're hoping to have him next week or on our next podcast. With that being said, thank you again everyone for tuning into this podcast episode of Philippine products redefined by planet 63. I am your grateful host, Ferdinand Soriano and I am
2: Craig Obligation Wilson. Thank you so much for having me. And I want to get in one last thought that I'm really going to stress. Commercials have died and the Hollywood business is going towards um, brand and product placement. So there's a giant opportunity for all of you to get involved somehow, some way. Leave a comment wherever you see this and um, I'll respond if we wanna get in touch. And just, if you Google me or Facebook me or Instagram me, just look for my name, you'll find me, reach out, please.
1: All right, let's talk again soon, very soon everyone. Be well, be thankful and be great. Bye for now from Planet 63.
0: pretty much wraps it up for this episode of Philippine Products Redefined by Planet 63. This podcast was produced by Planet 63. Please visit us and give us your feedback on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you again for listening. Are you looking for an insightful conversation on how to increase Philippine product awareness in the U.S. market? You found it. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing at this very moment, we appreciate you taking the time to check out our podcast. Welcome to the Philippine Products Redefined by Planet 63 podcast, hosted by Ferdinand Soriano of Planet 63 and Craig Obligacion Wilson. In this episode, we introduce you to two of the owners of Papo J's, an award-winning traditional alcoholic drink made from the Philippines, and is now available in the U.S. market. The title of this episode is Inspired and Empowered to Bring a World-Class Brand to the Global Market. Let's now listen to the first part of a two-part interview of Papo J's David Osmeña and Michael Borja. That was fun. As they say, all good things must come to an end, at least for now. This was the first of a two-part interview of Papo Jays. Stay tuned for the next episode as we try to find out how the owners came up with the name Papo Jays. All past and upcoming episodes of Philippine Products Redefined by Planet 63 Podcast can be found on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Please provide your feedback and visit the Planet 63 website at www.planet63.com and social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn under Planet 63. Come back soon.